Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Well, hey, Tony, it's good to be back with you. How are you doing? Doing great since about 20 minutes ago when we last talked, so... <laughs> yeah, that's it is nice to record a couple and then, you know, we're good, but um so how are things going up in Maryland this summer? Things are going well. It's been a weird inconsistent weather. So, it's gone it's been basically when it's been hot, it's been rainy and when it's been uh, not hot, it's been uh, anything but rainy. So, in lack of the moisture that we need in the air. So, it's been a weird summer, but it's been going really well. Busy with church stuff and uh, one thing that's been fun is we just uh, changed the name of the youth group at our church uh, to kind of really focus on how we're aliens to this world. We talked about that in a re- recent podcast. but So, that's kind of launched and so it's going really well. How are things going down in Georgia this summer? Well, weather-wise, it, it, we had mild weather for a while, and then now it's just, it's it's roasting, um, high humidity, high temperatures. So you don't really want to go outside. But um, it's uh, we're, we got finished with our vacation Bible school this past week, and so I think that was a, a fruitful Praise time. Well. And um, praying that the kids grow in faith out of that and come to Christ out of that. So we'll see. Time will tell. But um, now, yeah, I. As good as it was, I was glad for when Friday came. Now in Georgia, does a mild summer day mean it was only 130 degrees? <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, I think it's it's been in the high 90s the last couple of days. And uh, just, you know, you walk outside at 730 and the, the humidity is already like, whoa, kind of, you know, catch my breath here. The things you don't, uh, don't enjoy there in Maryland. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Although it was quite humid last night, and with the youth, I uh, that we played uh, game Gaga Ball, and I had the first time I've ever won the night before recording this. Last night I was recording this, and uh, I was I was dead because how humid it was on top of how physically exhausted it was. <laughs> Well, a couple of years, this kind of will segue into our conversation. Um, I think it was last year I was texting with our preschool director, and we, we had this annual church picnic think around uh, Independence Day. And we one of the things that we often do is face painting. And so this lady was, was telling me, oh, we definitely need to do the face painting indoors this year because last year, uh, you know, it was so hot and humid, we had some issues. And she often will do voice to text, and then she doesn't check. The, the actual text that the, the phone took oh, down. No. And so she's, the the message I got was it was so hot, the kids were swearing so much that the face paint wouldn't even stay on. And <laughs> I just loved that. It, it, man, I mean, they were, their, their mouths were so bad, the face paint just wouldn't even stay on. But it was, you know, it was sweating. But, uh, you know, swearing is, is, might be something you would discipline your child for, maybe even spank them. Uh, but that's what we want to talk about today uh, is the this concept of physical discipline, corporal punishment, spanking. Um, so, Tony, were you – you were kind of a bad kid, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you were? So were yeah. you ever told as a kid to, to go get a switch to pick your own tool for discipline? 
No, generally uh, the. Or is that uh, more of a southern thing? I think it's more of a southern thing. I think the be- that the belt was never far away from me, though. Okay, I don't know that I. I don't think I ever was. Um, I've, I've heard plenty of stories of people being told to go pick a switch from the tree, and then if you didn't get a, a good enough one, then you really got it, and that kind of thing. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I was disciplined for sure, but thankfully I didn't have to go pick my own tool. Uh, but, you know, spanking is something that these days it's banned in over 50 countries of the world, and then there's, I read, there's another 50, at least 50 more who want to ban it. Um but it's fallen on hard times. There's a lot of psychological research out there and things that, that um, is against it and different pediatric groups, things like that. But So, Tony, why do we discipline our kids? I mean, what happens without it? And not just spanking, but just the idea of disciplining them. According to the Bible, we spank them because we love them. Uh, and Proverbs thirteen twenty four, I think, is one of the most overt passages that tell us to do it. But and it says that basically the person that doesn't spank, the person that doesn't uh, discipline their child in that kind of way, that hates their child. That uh, and I think it's to neglect to show what do what they need. It's very strong language, but uh, that spoils a child. And in a lot of ways, it could be translated hate the child. It doesn't do very good to them. So we spank our kids. We discipline our kids because we love them and we want what's good for them more than we want them to be happy in the moment. Uh, We also discipline our kids because according to Hebrews 12, uh, we see discipline is a good thing. God disciplines us. God disciplines Christians uh, because he loves us and he cares for us and he wants our good and he wants us to grow. He doesn't punish us, but he does discipline us. And the Bible likewise commands it. I think that's a very good reason to discipline our kids. Uh, because the Bible is very clear, Proverbs thirteen twenty four again, and Proverbs twenty three thirteen through fourteen, very overtly command uh, parents, very, set the model that parents are to discipline their kids, uh, and if we don't do it, they'll be reckless and dangerous. Uh, I can think of Russell Moore. He's a uh, professor. He's a former professor at the seminary we're at, but now he's the head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And he talked uh, one time. I remember in ethics class, he was talking about a parent that was against discipline, and uh, they said you shouldn't discipline negatively in any way, shape, or form. And instead, uh, they they give their child a rubber ball, a red rubber ball, to distract them from uh, the bad thing that they're doing when they're doing something wrong. And uh, he, the Russell Moore, thought rightfully. He told his wife, "I don't." want to bump into that child uh, 20 years later in the back alley somewhere and uh, his wife <laughs> that in a witful manner replied uh, no unless, not unless you have a red rubber ball <laughs> yeah I think that, that's just letting the word speak um, it, it is clear and not just spanking but but just disciplining your children in general and spanking by extension is God commands it and and foolishness is is bound up in the heart of a child if Proverbs tells us, and so we need to drive it away, uh, or else they'll pursue the passions of their flesh. Um, so what are some different forms or methods of discipline? We, I mean, we've mentioned spanking, but there are other ones out there. Spanking is not the only thing that we're told to do, and it shouldn't be the only method of discipline. So w- what other kinds of things uh, are in our arsenal? Yeah, I think in addition to that, you know, timeouts and in the room, I think you can use these in conjunction with one another or in contrast. And every child is different. So the discipline for 
a different child will be different, even within your own household. Uh, for some, it could be taking things away, taking uh, toys away, taking activities away, uh, don't not taking church away, of course, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, that right now, with how bad the Orioles are, are, it might be discipline to make them watch, go watch a baseball game and in light of the reality that they're going to be devastatingly destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I that mean, would be effective. Definitely, discipline. those are it. Make them weep. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Take, destroy their hopes by having them watch the Orioles. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all of those things are things that Scripture mentions, and it can be used wisely. I mean, you also you confront them, you correct them. Um, now, the Bible does speak of the rod of correction or the rod of discipline um, in connection with children and with, not incidentally, with fools. Um, now, is that outdated and we've just moved on in society, or um, do you think that's something that, that is still on the, the conscience of, of parents to carry out? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think, a really good question. And it requires some complex hermeneutics a little bit in light of some of the arguments those who make. Because there are many that argue today, you know, we shouldn't discipline, we shouldn't spank, uh, and that's abusive, and that's not what should have happened then, or perhaps it was something that should have happened in the Bible, but just shouldn't happen today. And uh, prerequisite, I do want to be clear, there are cases where I definitely do believe that you should not spank. You know, there are cases where, I mean, perhaps your foster parent and doing so would get the child taken out of your home don't do it don't break the law to sp- mm-hmm. to spank in most cases uh but i think the bible is clear that this is the norm um you know those who argue that this is outdated we need to understand first of all the bible isn't merely a product of its time it's not just showing the mentality of the day around it uh, and it, it's very much god inspired and so even you know i know some Authors will say, you know, that it was kind of just living out what was practiced in the nations around it. By no stretch is that accurate. Uh, in so many ways, the people of God were commanded to be, even in discipline, dramatically different, f- far more merciful than the nations that were around them. Uh, the Bible uh, that uh, does mention corporal discipline uh, that of all sorts of people. You're right. You know, it mentions the corporal discipline of uh, a fool uh, and passing. It's hard to really know what context uh, that is. And it uh, mentions slaves being uh, that uh, being disciplined, being struck, foolish slaves. And I think that was mostly things that were done by society, by by the people together, rather than by a household in and of itself. Uh, the one of the, uh, there's a popular book that that and a couple other movements that try to say you know this was just uh, something that we shouldn't keep up you know we don't eat shellfish today if we don't uh, forbid shellfish today of course uh, but I think fi- saying that this isn't outdated that that's just part of the old covenant or that uh, this isn't relevant to our time even though it's in the Bible I think the arguments that they use tend to fail to understand genre differences so we do have a lot of those passages you mentioned, like discipline of a slave or discipline of a, uh, of a cheating wife uh, mentioned in the Mosaic Law. And, but, the, and, but then a lot of the very clear passages on discipline in the household are in Proverbs. You have to understand, 
Yes, Proverbs and Deuteronomy are both in the Old Testament, but they're fundamentally different genres. Proverbs is meant to be wisdom really for all time. Proverbs is as close as we come, I think, in the Old Testament to being an epistle. And it's not really rooted in its context. It's rooted in the way of wisdom. I mean, that's what Proverbs is about. And so the Proverbs shows us this kind of discipline is the way of wisdom. Uh, versus Deuteronomy just, I think, shows us what was a product of the ceremonial law. Law. Um, and I think it does fail in that sense also to grip that uh, the Old Testament has largely been understood. The law has been divided by most Christians into the moral, ceremonial, and civil law. And by that standard, most Christians rightfully throughout history, until relatively recently, until spanking has gone out of style, have understood things like family codes, family calls a discipline as moral law, not ceremonial law that is uh, fulfilled in Christ, or civil law that was a product of a time where God had used a nation in that kind of way. But instead, they're moral laws that surpass the context in which they're in. The, those that argue otherwise, I think, use a hermeneutic, or hermeneutic is approach to scripture. Those who argue that we should ignore that, that it was just a product of a time, I think use the kind of hermeneutic that should, if they were consistent, deny inerrancy. To, to use the kind of mentality, the kind of logic that's used to deny, to say that spanking isn't really relevant for a time and was just kind of the thoughts of the author is the exact arguments that people use to deny inerrancy. And I think if you don't, I'm not saying those who don't believe in spanking or denying inerrancy, but at very least, I think that they are necessarily de denying the sufficiency of scripture. That scripture is enough for the Christian life. Mm. Yeah, that was a helpful, uh, it was a nuanced answer. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Deuteronomy was written for, given for a different context for the, how the nation of Israel was to live as God's people in the land, where its Proverbs is a little more universal and generic um, in its approach. So, Tony, is spanking really a theological issue? Nah. <laughs> of course, everything's theological, Ben, as we know. Uh I think it is definitely theological because we must understand that discipline and and retribution are fundamentally different things. And discipline is a good thing. Retribution is not uh, for those that we consider sons and daughters. Uh, I also think that it's a theological issue because it's the question of, is God right in the Bible? Is God correct? Is God telling the truth? And it's a theological in the sense that it's an issue of understanding the role of parents as under rulers, working alongside God in the shepherding and care of children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there, I, I've heard uh, John Piper talk about this. He said, you know, it can communicate to a child that even though my mom and dad love me, they may do something that, that causes pain. And so, but if you take that out, then there can be a whole lot of difficulty embracing the truth that, that someone that loves me could cause me any sort of pain. And so when suffering comes in our lives, um, wait, wait a minute, you know, the discipline of the Lord, wait a minute, no, this shouldn't happen. He must not love me. Um, and so, and and we'll get into this in a minute. Um, the difference between, you know, biblical spanking, corporal punishment, and just you know striking a child. Those are two different things. Um, <clears throat> I think it also communicates to kids um, 
the, the wages of sin is death. And, and so sin leads to pain and to misery. And so helping them when they're young to make that connection. When I choose my own way and it's sinful, it leads to bad things. Uh, and, and that helps set the stage for, for deeper biblical truth that you're trying oh. to pass on to them. Amen. So how has the biblical physical discipline, corporal punishment, spanking, how has that been corrupted by sinful people in all kinds of cultures, including our own? It's not just, you know, American today. Yeah. So do you remember when Adrian Peterson was in headlines about uh, about physical discipline, Ben? Do you remember that? Uh, yes. Just thought about that yesterday. Yeah. So I think that was a, uh, an example of an abuse of that. So Adrian Peterson uh, was a football player and discipline of a child. He was criticized and he might have been suspended, I think, even for basically child abuse in this case, uh, that he struck his child so hard that it left substantial marks. Uh, he did use a switch in a way that was overtly abusive and uh, a way that was pretty clearly a rage attack. And I think any kind of attack on a child in rage in a way that's going to leave a lasting mark rather than something that's just a temporary displeasure is a child abuse. It is not, uh, it is not uh, discipline. It is child abuse. Likewise, uh, there are some that use it uh, and this is more rare, but it is unfortunately more common than we would think, uh, that will involve sexual abuse in any way, shape, or form in the discipline of a child. Uh, and I think that is starkly inappropriate. And you have to be extremely careful, especially when it's cross-gender discipline cases, even with the one's own child, to respect uh, that, to respect each other, to respect bodies, and respect uh, that kind of privacy. But one really weird one that I'll end with before you give your examples. Uh, have you heard of Christian domestic discipline, Ben? I'm not. What's that? So Christian domestic discipline is a growing movement, apparently, according to CNN article I wrote a while ago. And uh, there are Christians that are starting to believe that you should that husbands have a calling a requirement from God to spank their wives when they are uh, that when they're disobedient what? when they're not submissive yeah I'm not kidding there's a whole the, the whole process and everything but it's called Christian domestic discipline and that is nowhere does the Bible command spanking your wife uh, it, it is abusive it is sexism uh, okay it's a well, thing maybe we should have an episode on that Um so yeah, I, I would agree with you. There, there's a a way in our sin and our anger um, that that biblical physical discipline has been corrupted. Just like anything in in our sin, we can twist it and corrupt it. Um, but what is often labeled so some I mean in just research and stuff, I was reading articles, um, and I think some of it depends on the culture, but. Um, what spanking is called, hitting or smacking, things like that, um, gives it, it can give a more violent sound to it. But I mean, what we're talking about is, is a controlled, okay, you know, child, Johnny, you have disobeyed, okay, you're going to get a spanking now. And then it's, it's clear to the child that you're not spanking them because you're angry at them or you're retaliating. It is, this is the consequence for, for what you did wrong. Uh, it's not, you know, chasing them around the house, wildly swinging something at them. Um, I mean, I know of a guy, he's, I don't know, 15, 20 years older than me. And he said that when he was younger, his mom would spank them with a belt in their underwear. 
And one time she was swinging the belt at them with the buckle in towards them. And oh. she hit one of them in the groin. And, and he, you know, I think he was about 12 years old. Um, and he said something to her, you know, indicating where it had hit him. And she, her reply was, well, they shouldn't have gotten in the way. And, um, thought, wow. I mean, that's, that's way over the line. Um, but I was, as I was reading yesterday, uh, there's a psychologist, I think he's British. His name is Eric Sigmund. And he was kind of pushing back against some of the popular culture's, um, disapproval of spanking and, and equating it with, you know, hitting and abuse. And he says, parents should be taught to distinguish proper spanking from a punch in the face. They're not the same thing. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a helpful distinction to make because some people would just equate the two and maybe because of, of their own experience and background, it's, it's a bad image for them. Um, but what is the point of using physical discipline and spanking? Yeah. I think the reason why we do it is it associates the action with pain and an unpleasant experience and quick pain. Uh, I think another point and that's helpful specifically with physical discipline is it's not psychologically tormenting to young people. You know, I find so fascinating in the response, the anti-spanking mentality. It fails to realize the psychological torment that other forms of discipline can do. That, you know, the rea- the beauty of, of a spanking and the help of a spanking is that it's something, you know, it's a quick discipline then, and then re- restoration comes quickly. But uh, and instead, it cre- can create shame when we overly prolong discipline, which I think is almost necessary when uh, you don't uh, when you don't spank or when you don't believe that giving a child a red ball is sufficient, which it's clearly clearly not. Uh, the and I think that quick restoration I think is another clear benefit. It's something that's able to be effective done quickly, but then restoration comes quickly with it as well. Mm, yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, back, back to the addressing whether this is a theological issue. I mean, it shows that painful consequences come from sin. Mm. Um, and, you know, Proverbs 3 talks about this, Proverbs 3.11, and then it's quoted in Hebrews 12, that the Lord disciplines those whom he loves as a father disciplines the son or, you know, or the daughter in whom he delights. Um, the Lord does that for our restoration, for our benefit, for teaching and instruction um, and forming our characters. Um, so when should parents use physical discipline? I think in cases of active rebellion or that – I don't think that you'd use uh, physical discipline when it's a case that a child is misunderstood. You use it in a case where, uh, where a child is actively being wild and intentionally rebelling against a rule that they already knew existed there. But I also think you don't delay it too often. I know so often parents are quick to have a mentality that which is unbiblical and against God's mentality of discipline that – and Johnny, the, uh, that one more time when the Johnny is doing something they know is wrong, and I'll spank you. It effectively gives the child the mentality that, oh, you know, they're allowed to disobey one time, you know, uh, before they can get in any trouble. Or get making a threat that's not followed through at all, I think that, I think, really ruins the effectiveness of spanking. Those are good points. Uh, yeah, I would agree. You know, for direct disobedience and defiance, not when the the child didn't know about some standard that was there, and um, you know, it, it needs to be clear to them. So, kind of on the flip side of that, when should you avoid spanking and, and discipline physically? Definitely moments of rage. 
uh, when you are upset, when, you know, your child has broken your TV, <laughs> you know, something that really ticks you off, uh, and you just are boiling over in anger, you need to chill before you discipline, uh, or else you will abuse. It's just human nature. I will say one that's less about parents, but when you're not the parent, I think you don't uh, discipline a child unless there's an understanding. And maybe you're a grandparent and there's an understanding with the parents that you can spank. Uh, if you're a teacher and a Christian school, don't spank. I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, if you you know that you're a babysitter, you don't get to spank. Uh, I don't think that's appropriate either. You're a Sunday school teacher, yeah, um, right. I mean, for you know things that are childishness, accidents, and even impulsiveness. Um, I, I mean, I heard Ted Tripp, he's the author of Shepherding a Child's Heart, which is a very good book, by the way. Um, being asked about this, and he said, you know, he would not spank if a child they're fighting about something, and one you know just reaches out and shoves the other one. That you know, I would not spank them for just acting out of emotion like that. No, not so they they don't need to be corrected or. He's not denying that, but um, it's not the same as just willful disobedience. So is the physical discipline, the spanking by itself enough? And if not, what else should accompany it? Yeah, I really love Ephesians 6.4 in this. So as a pastor, we go to so many times this podcast. Uh, but Ephesians 6.4, it closely links discipline and instruction and I think that's an important point for spanking, for any kind of discipline. Uh, discipline and instruction should go hand in hand. It should not just be stop doing it, stop it. Uh, but instead, should we are called to point out what's wrong, what was wrong in the behavior, and how that we correct the behavior in a godly manner. I think not just that kind of instruction. So it's so awesome sometimes the godly gospel conversations that we're able to have with our children through discipline through you know sitting down explaining their sin explaining how sin has consequences and uh, but how so how Jesus took our punishment for our sins on the cross if we trust in him uh, I think so many good gospel conversations can come from that so I think in effect, what I would summarize that is you should talk beforehand about the sin and afterwards hug, you know, to show that affection and love goes with this discipline. It's not just out of rage. And Gospel-Powered Parenting by William P. Farley, which I refer to a lot, I think talks a lot about the combination need to be had between discipline and love. And he advocates in that book that when a child is spanked and is crying because of the pain, that the parent should, even if they have other things, they, they should hold the child and hug the child they, that while they cry, apart from, you know, when the child is intentionally trying to get attention, to show that they love them and that they don't take delight in their pain. Mm, that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree that you need to, to teach them what was wrong and then help them to see what they should do instead. Uh, don't assume that they always know exactly how they should have handled the situation. I mean, sometimes it's clear, but have them even practice the right response, those kinds of things. Um, and just a general relationship of communication with the child so that the only thing they're hearing is not correction and, you know, it's time for your spanking. But and Ted Tripp talks about that as well. So how early should, do you think parents should start using physical discipline? And scripture does not outline that for us. So this is, you know, your speculation, your wisdom, yeah. but what do you think? 
Yeah, I'm not sure how much of that wisdom I've got, but uh, <laughs> I think definitely went old enough to understand. I mean, again, I think discipline goes so hand-in-hand in instruction. When a four-month-year-old does something that he shouldn't do, a four-month-year-old really doesn't understand discipline and doesn't understand maybe even what they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. I think oftentimes, you know, you get uh, when the child does start to understand more, you know, around one year old and one years old, I think there can be some kind of physical discipline. I th- for us, we started with doing kind of hand taps when they were around one or so, you know, kind of, kind of no, no hand taps uh, that fortunately our youngest, I mean, if you tap even the littlest bit or show a disapproving uh, look, I mean, she breaks down and she realizes she did something wrong. So that's <laughs> nice. Uh, but then kind of build toward, uh, up from there as a child gets older. Yeah, I think when when there's they understand no, and they'll still test that line. And again, it's not a, a full. The the younger the child, maybe the softer you're doing it. Um, and just the, like you said, a hand tap enough that they they feel there was contact, and you know. Uh, but at the same time, you know you're um, you are teaching them and instructing them um, without overdoing it. So here's another question on the, the other side of that that scripture doesn't specify for us. But when is too old? Uh, yeah, I think in some ways this is a little harder, and this is going to be somewhat of a conscious thing. Uh, and it's going to be, I think, also case by case on, on the child and on the parent. Uh, but I would say generally, uh, I don't think it's wise to spank a child after they've reached puberty. I think you you involve yourself into more complicated things when you do that. I think that you are to regard them and, and relate to them more as an adult than you did before after puberty and give them some kind of responsibility to not demean them and to not uh, to show treat them in that kind of way as a child. So I, I would strongly encourage, for the most part, not to do it after puberty has reached, not after you know the teenage years has begun. But, I mean, if, if parents think before then it's more effective to take away video game systems at 10, 11, 12, I think there's certainly biblical allowance for that. Yeah, I think scripture doesn't give us a line. I, I read some results of a study that was saying that kids that were spanked between the ages of two and six um, showed positive outcomes in school and socially. When kids got spanked between the ages of seven and 11, they still did well in school, but they had some negative social outcomes. And then kids that were spanked when they were in, you know, past 11, um, just they had a lot of negative social things. And, and I think it, it can be an issue of humiliating a child. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. you put a 15 year old over your knee that it's a different kind of relationship than you putting a three year old, um, over the side of the bed or your knee or however you do it, because it's just, a, it's a privacy thing. And the dynamics of the relationship has changed at that point. Uh, and so you're not trying to humiliate the child, um, I mean, I remember, I think I was 10 years old, nine or 10 the last time that, maybe I was just nine, um, when I received my last spanking. And it had been a while before that point that I had gotten what my dad told me, if you get in trouble at school one more time, you're going to get a spanking. Now, this particular teacher that I had that year, I liked her, but she was hard on me. And she liked me, but I mean, she was, she had a hard line and I, I was thinking to myself when he said this, well, we might as well get it over now, Dad, because I know it's coming. <laughs> um, 
But I remember getting the spanking. And I mean, it was it was embarrassing because of my age. And I thought, oh, man, OK. But I mean, you know, I submitted to it. And I mean, my I think my dad was embarrassed as well having to do it. Um, but he told me that he was going to. Um, but, you know, I think when, when kids are uncomfortable running around the house naked, um, they might be getting to the point that they're too old when they start developing that sense of modesty and things. And, um, but again, it, it takes wisdom and, and hopefully by the point that they're old enough, they, they've learned to, de- you know, respond to other forms of correction and, and discipline. Uh, and so, you know, you're not relying on that. So this so, would definitely kind of limit how much spanking could occur <laughs> that with a uh, man and his 40-year-old wife who's disobedient, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just disturbing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that that is shameful. Um, so, well, Tony, any resources that you might recommend out there, articles or books or uh, – so, I mean, Gospel Powered Parenting has, like, a chapter on it, uh, like I said, and I think that's really helpful. But even more than that, there is – you refer to Ted Tripp, and his most popular book, I think, is Shepherding a Child's Heart. But I think he has a book that's even more helpful on this topic that talks a lot about it, and that's uh, Instructing a Child's Heart. I think Instructing a Child's Heart is a really helpful resource on this vein. Mm. Yeah, I have not read the instructing one, but it's on my list. Um, there's another one that's sort of in the same same uh, stream of thought, and it's actually put out by the same publisher, uh, but it's Ginger Hubbard's uh, – or she was Plowman, but uh, Don't Make Me Count to Three. And the sh- chapters are shorter, but she talks about that um, and, and how to administer it and, and not just assuming she gives you a good helpful definition. and. So I, I think that's helpful. And I, I've not read the William P. Farley one, but I've heard you refer to it a lot, so I'm going to have to check it out. Um, Just definitely don't get any uh, that have on their uh, subtitle anything about Christian domestic discipline. Right, right. Not not so helpful. All right, well, Tony, thanks for thinking together with me about that. This is kind of a – well, not kind of. It is a controversial subject and some that you know if people realize that you do it, uh, they are – look at you bad or, you know, um, you can get some negative feedback, but it is something that scripture addresses and it is something that has to do with God. It's a theological issue and what we're passing on to our kids about the results of sin and, and helping to prepare their hearts for the gospel. So, um, I think it was a fruitful conversation. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.